Blog Talk Radio.
are tuned in to another episode of Indie Fire right here with your host, Nakia. And that was Mojo Free out of uh, New Orleans with Filters. Um, I don't know who chose to upload that song. This isn't New Music Monday. We don't do five-minute songs, people, because that takes away from my guests, you know? Um, but shout out to Mojo down in New Orleans, raising her two beautiful babies. Um, and that song right there won the 2018 um, Indie Fire Music Award for Best Female R&B, maybe? She was in several categories, but I think that was the R&B song. Um, so shout out to Mojo Free, um, well, Mommy Mo student and making um, crazy music. Speaking of music. Uh, we have a lot of new music that's coming out next week. Um, people trying to get in before the end of the month. I don't know if you remember, probably last year this time, probably like March, March or May, between March and May of last year, um, Billy Palm Trees dropped Delorium. Right? So on next Friday the 26th, he dropped Monte Carlo. I'm super excited. This is a very versatile artist, um, hip-hop lyricist, um, but his R&B is, is, is banging. So I'm hoping he will not let me listen to anything. I haven't got a sneak peek yet. Um, fingers crossed. I'm going to have something to talk about on Tuesday um, right here. I had a lot of stuff that I wanted to discuss on Tuesday, but, you know, my um, guest was here, Delshawn, to start out our season three of Indie Fire, and I just forgot everything that I wanted to discuss. Um, but there's a lot that's going on, so – Instead of, you know, I see hashtags, you know, different hashtags this summer, you know, hot girl summer is the one that seems to be what I'm seeing the most. Um, But I would like to encourage everyone to um, don't worry about the heat. I know that's hard to say, especially where I stand, but don't worry about the heat. Um, Get somewhere, you know, get cool, get in the AC and uh, Take time to focus on your mental health. It is so important that we are focusing on our mental health. And, and you know, again, this is a platform that I um, work with. And um, it is, for me, this, this past, what, seven months, it has become um, so important that I focus on my mental health. Um, finishing up, you know, another degree and um, doing a fast-forward summer track program um, that's whooping my ass. You know, it is so important that we take the time for ourselves. Uh, It doesn't matter what it may be, but just take the time for yourself. And I encourage each and every one of you, you've noticed that we've had so many um, in the the literary community, um, those type of artists on the show since March I would say half of our months are filled with those from the the literary community. And so lots of books have come out. Lots of books are coming out, um, sequels, prequels. Um, And so I I encourage you, as you listen to these guests on the show, to not only take in what they're talking about, but go and support them. The same way that you support our independent music artists, I want you to support the independent literary community as well. Um, and I actually have a, a guest on tonight. I think we finished up. No, we have a music, music artist on, on Thursday. 
next Thursday. Next Tuesday is um, an author. Uh, the following Tuesday is an author. That, that first episode in August is uh, an author. Um, so I'm super excited about what season three has uh, coming um, because not only have I been able to build connections with um, individuals in different arenas of the independent community, um, but they also have stood to be um, individuals who offer lots of encouragement, lots of uh, motivation, lots of um, empowerment, and not only the females, but the males as well. So what they pour into me, um, life-wise, they also do in their books, all right? So again, I, I would like to, I think encourage is the word for the evening. I would like to encourage you all to just um, step out of your comfort zone. If you're used to reading, uh, let's say, fiction, Let's try some urban fiction, all right? If you're used to reading just romance novels, um, go support um, author Monique and read some erotic uh, romance, all right? Um, we do also have what was our Christian fiction, um, you know, our, our paranormal. Um, so all of these different genres of um, books that are out there, like I've always been boxed into one, you know, I like this. And that's it. I'm going to read everything this person got and everything this person got, but it's just going to be in this genre right here. So with having all of these um, artists, uh, independent artists, independent literary artists on the show um, has just opened up my mind frame. Shout out to you, mind frame. And for Campbell? Yeah, for Campbell right now. Shout out to you. Um, it's just opened up my mind to, you know, just different areas of reading, all right? So that's, that's my word of encouragement for you all this evening. My guest this evening is Tanisha Stewart. She was born and raised in Springfield, Massachusetts. She graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and Sociology in 2009, as well as a Master of Psychology in 2011. She is a college professor teaching psychology, which she loves. In addition to her career as a lecturer, Tanisha has been writing for as long as she can remember, creating realistic storylines, relatable characters, and multi-layered plots that almost everyone can enjoy. She also takes part in hobbies such as performing rap and spoken words for various audiences. Now, you know when an artist comes on a show, they got to spit a little bit, right? Or they got to sing a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and get her ready right now because she, especially as a spoken word artist, she got to give us just a little bit live right here on the show. So after we hear from uh, Lady Pierre out of Charlotte, North Carolina with my party, we'll be talking to Tanisha. <laughs> Yeah. 
prior to the show starting, I let them know that, you know, this is a very laid back atmosphere. And so you speak freely right. and you speak, you know, directly, you know, as yourself, you don't have to put on airs here on this show. So why well, I got to worry about how I'm talking because I got the big professor up in the house with me. Um, so I just want right. to say, you know, I am, um, when I see women of color um, continuing mm-hmm. to elevate themselves, you know, it only pushes me to want to achieve any and everything that I've already set my mind out to do. So I want to start with a question that I normally would save until the end. Um, to what do you attribute your success as, as a woman, as a woman of color, as an author, um, someone who's been writing all of her life, someone who's dibbling and dabbling in spoken word and rap, and most importantly, as a professor? So what do you attribute your success? Well, for me, it's not necessarily a, a what, it's a who. I attribute it to God, like God and my family, like, because God first, because he transformed my life completely, like 100%. He still transformed me to this day. And also my family, because my family is very supportive of me, and they always, like, hold it down. It's always good to have a group of people that you could depend on whenever you need them. So I would say God and my family, most definitely. Amen. I totally agree with that, uh, which kind of connects with another question. Like, where do you find your motivation to continue to do um, the things that you Well, I find motivation and, um, like, inspiration from various areas. Like, a lot of stuff I draw upon from my own life experiences, from things that I that people I know have been through, from things that I've seen in the media like things I've learned in psychology, sociology. So I pretty much draw it from anywhere and everywhere. Like I see stories everywhere. And I think most authors can probably relate to that. Like you see a story in any situation that you, that you go through or that you've heard about or you've experienced. Psychology and sociology. I don't want to spend a lot of time on, on this right here, but I've always been fascinated with psychology. Um, uh-huh. What drew you? What drew you to that area of study? I think what drew me to it initially was that I always knew that I wanted to help people. I just didn't necessarily know how. Like um, when I was a freshman, when I first went in, because you know how when you first enter college, you meet with your advisor or whatever. So I met with my advisor as a freshman, and she was like, "Okay, so what do you want to do with your life?" And I was like, um, "I want to be a psychologist." She was like, "Okay, why?" And I was like, I want to help people. And she was like, okay, how? And then I didn't know how to answer the question from there. So, like, when you think psychologist, you usually think counselor. So you're like, okay, everybody who's a psychologist is a counselor. But then I realized, like, as I continued to go on my studies and stuff, I realized that counseling is not the only thing that psychologists do. Like, there's there's such an, a wide array of, like, career fields within the field of psychology, and I just happened to become a professor. So I have a gift of teaching. I have a talent for teaching. I was always helping different students while I was going through my college career. And then I was like, it finally, like, the light bulb went off, and I was like, oh, yeah, because I was always wondering, like, okay, I wish I could be, like, the one in the classroom, you know, telling them stuff so they won't struggle. And then, like, a light bulb mm-hmm. went off, yeah, you could probably be a professor. So, <laughs> so that's how that kind of, like, happened. Wow. Some of us are at that point in our lives where, um, the light bulb, and I think that's a lot of my problem. I always like colored lights, not like Christmas tree colored lights, but my bulbs in my college dorm room had to be dark, um, black. And, you know, as I grew mm-hmm. up, 
they continue to be black. And that has resonated in me and over my life um, for 20 plus years. And so it is now Mm -hmm. at the age of what I am that I think the light bulb has finally gone off. Um, I've shut it off Mm -hmm. intentionally a lot of times, but uh, you, you made the statement that when you first went in to college, you met with your advisor. And mm-hmm. I have a daughter who actually starts college in less than a month. And um, she she already knew. She knew. She knows what she wants mm-hmm. to do, She um, the career path that she's taking. And, you know, she knows all of that. And so when um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of young freshmen, they, um, they sit down, they make their schedules out. It may look okay. You know, it may not look okay. When she sat down and she made a schedule. And, you know, when she sat down with her advisor, the advisor was like, what do you want me to do? This is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, you've answered accordingly. You know, you um, know what it is that you want out of life. You are, you're telling me how you're going to attain each and every step. And so um, some of us, it happens at a younger age. And then some of us, like me, I mean, it comes and it goes sporadically. And so oh, yeah. um, I think that, that, like I said, I've always loved psychology, not, not the sociology part of it, but mm-hmm. I've always loved of psychology and uh, you know the study of the human and the human mind and all of that has always fascinated me, um, but not enough to actually step out and say you know I want to be um, a psychologist. So again, kudos to you on on that career choice. Um, you said that you've been writing, or your bio says that you've been writing as long as you can remember. When did you right. really realize that you know I could? I could do something big with this. I can um, actually be a published author. When did you realize that? Right. So, so uh, as you'll probably gather, like I'm kind of slow when it comes to life. So, so I just wrote like by the time it, oh, it finally too? dawned on me that I could probably be an author, like I had already written like at least six books, like full fledged novels, like they were already written and everything. Wow. And then, like, I just had, like, a dream one day. It was like, yeah, you're an author. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's terrible, but but that's just how it, like, I was just slow. And I, one thing I did want to go back to that you were just saying, and that's a lot of people's story. Like, we feel so much pressure, like, in the United States. Like, by the time you're 18, you got to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. You got to, and some people right. do. Like, some people already know. But there's a whole lot of, whole other subset of people that don't know, and there's people who go through cycles with finding their identity. So you might feel like you got what you might, you might feel like you know it at a certain point, but then you come back around later on, you realize that something else needs to be added to it or it's something completely different than what you thought before. And that's completely normal. So I would not feel discouraged at all. Like if you feel like you've been doing something for a while, but you feel like, all right, I think I should take this step over here. Cause everything is life experience. Like everything will give you an experience that you could use for the future. So I would just encourage anybody who feels that way. You you also, I want to back up. We want to do a lot of backing up. I, I remember you stating that um, it wasn't a what, as far as your success was concerned, it was a who. And right. it does take a transformation from from God. When you want to do things your way, when you have your life mapped out, um, um, but it's not his will, it's not the desires mm-hmm. that he has had for you. It's not what was predestined for you. Then you take mm-hmm. a lot of um, side streets, a lot of right. in the valley, a lot of detours until you finally realize, you know, that you, um, it's your life that you're living. 
you have the free will, but it's not according to what has already been laid out for you. So some of us have to take that extended route to get where it is that we need to go because we do things on our own. Um, and so right. I I tend not to, you know, get religious on a show, but I've, I've read some things that different people have been posting this week, and I feel like, you know, if you just sit back and allow him to do what it is that he needs to do in your life, a lot of your struggles, they won't be so hard. A lot of obstacles that you're being faced with, you'll be able to uh, fight through those a little better than what you're doing now if you just let him lead, guide, and protect you. Absolutely. He'll he'll help you put things in perspective real quick. (laughs) Like, you'll be sitting like, like, no. Very quickly, very quickly. And then the beautiful, then, and beautiful then, thing see, about that, I, I know that you said you don't want to get, like, too, you know, too deep into it, whatever, but I do want to say the beautiful thing about God is even when you get in those situations where you find that you've been going the wrong way for a long time, he will take those situations and use those situations in your life to help somebody else. So you'll be yes, able to ma'am. go back and help with, with that stuff that you went through. Yes, ma'am. People ask me all the time, like, you, you know, you work with so many different organizations. You're an advocate for so many different organizations. You know, have you actually experienced everything um, that you, the people that you work with, have you actually experienced all of that yourself? And I tell them, no, you know, I, I work with um, domestic violence um, survivors uh, because I have, I tell people all the time, we all have a ministry. I didn't say we were right. all supposed to be ministers. I say we all have been gifted with a ministry. It is up for us to tap into what it is that he has already, mm-hmm. you know, placed upon our lives. And so for me, it is mm-hmm. to serve, which is one reason mm-hmm. why I had to bring this show back um, to be able to give the avenue of, of expression to the independent community, you know, so that they have an additional platform to be able to get their voices out. Well, um, in that same token, I also work with different organizations. And when I listen to what these individuals, men, women, children have been through, are going through, may continue to, you know, still go through, it does give me a different perspective on life. I work with homelessness awareness. I'm going to say this and jump back on you. I work with homelessness mm-hmm. awareness. And, um, you know, I tell my children all the time because I take them on a lot of, quote, unquote, adventures that we do with our homeless community. Um, but there's a very mm-hmm. fine line between what we have, you think you're living good now, and what you could lose on tomorrow. Um, a, a hurricane could come through and knock out everything, and we'd be homeless. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel like you right. should treat you should treat um, everyone um, with the spirit of, of Christ. And so right. when we go out into the communities and, you know, and help them, they, that always resonates in their spirit. You know, there's a very very fine line from where we are today and where we could be at tomorrow. So, um, absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned domestic violence and homelessness because literally two of the books that, that I wanted to talk about tonight, one of them touches on domestic violence. The other one touches on homelessness. So it's like crazy that you just mentioned those two things and you're part of organizations that help serve people who are in those predicaments or have been in those predicaments. So that's just crazy. Now, now with you saying that, um, you have a caller also. Caller, just hang on. I'm gonna get to you. They, they've been faithful. Maybe they just want to listen in because they, they've been here for a minute. But um, <laughs> you, you mentioned earlier about um, 
just different life experiences and absorbing different, whether it be from your personal life or whether it be from other individuals, absorbing personal experiences. When you write, um, do you write from an original point of view or do you deliver to your audience what it is they want to read? Is is always I've I've never been the person who's been able to fit into a box. Like I've literally never like even when I've tried like and I've never really tried because I've never wanted to be like everybody else. But like even when I like tried, you know, I would never fit into what other people are doing. And I think that's for a reason too, you know, um, because we all have a purpose, as you were saying before, or whatever. But it, they always come from an original standpoint, like stuff that I've either directly seen, directly heard about, seen in the media somewhere, like a message that has come to me from whatever it is. So it, it's always from an original standpoint. Um, and of course, I would want people to get something out of it, of course. But it's not like, you know, it's not to please, you know, if that makes sense. It's not like for the masses, so to speak, if that makes sense. Even though I, I want people right. to, I want the masses to read it. <laughs> But yeah. Now, you said that you um, had probably written about six books before you realized that, hey, I could be an author. I want to be an author. Um, How did publishing your first book change your writing process, if it did at all? Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. So that first book. Now, this is this is probably the most one of the most ironic parts about it. Like that first book that I that I finally was able to publish. It took six years to get that book out there, like to get it written, to get it edited, to get it published. Like I went through so many like different trials and tribulations and all of that, like just to get that book out. Like, and and I worked with an editor and when I worked with the editor, like she showed me a lot of different things because um, I was brand new, of course, you know, coming into the in, in independent author industry. And she showed me like mm-hmm. a lot of different, you know, tricks to the trade, like different things with writing and all of that. So I definitely feel like my writing uh, transformed from that point to this point, most definitely. And it's all just like through learning different things, really. I think I need to get her number because I've been working on a book about 20 years now. And I think I finally just finished chapter one. Y'all should be proud of me because with having all of these um, artists on the show, it has encouraged, there we go, that's the word for the evening, that it has encouraged me to do something that I've always been very passionate about. Um, but I feel right. like I don't have enough time. Like I want to do everything. I don't have enough time. And so, um, and then I want to write from so many different genres. And then I also, I can't remember the artist that we had or the author that we had on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, I know that, that she uh, uses a pseudonym. And so we were talking about, you know, how, like with me, I have two Facebook pages, all right? Somebody's probably going to tell my mother, but I have two Facebook pages, and I have to separate um, the the church people and the family from the the main page, you know, because I feel like I can be myself on the main page, but, you know, on the um, family and church page, you have to act accordingly. You have to act a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Now, they know how I am in person. They, they know how I am. But I just felt like out of respect for them and things that people post, you know, on my page or share with me, just out of respect for them, that's something that I needed to do. Well, I also feel like mm-hmm. I need a pseudonym as well because there's some, there's some information that I want to get out that, like, it's not for that, that crowd, you know. Um, it's right. for, for, a, for a different crowd. And so just having 
all of these artists, uh, you guys are so artists, authors, on the show, um, it has enabled me to to pick up the pen um, and to begin writing again. So I'm glad to hear you say that it took you six years. It was a six-year process because, uh, like I said, it's, it's probably been about 20 years for me. Yeah. But speaking oh, yeah. um the the books that you mentioned prior to, Domestic Violence and Homelessness, um, why those topics? Well, I've, because, again, like, these are things that are very, very prevalent. Like, the whole series itself is surrounding female relationships, strong female support systems, strong female relationships, like, and different things that are common to men. Like, obviously, not everybody goes through homelessness. Not everybody goes through, you know, domestic violence or whatever. But these are – and the first uh, book is about um, a single mother. So, like, not every, you know, woman goes through these things. But the situations that they go through are prevalent for a lot of people, like, in today's times. Like, a lot of people have mm-hmm. suffered from and are suffering from domestic violence. A lot of people have dealt with, you know, homeless, homelessness or poverty or whatever. A lot of people are single mothers. Like, I think it's, like, over oh, – I forget the statistic, but there's – I think it's, like, something like 70% of kids that were born within a certain time frame that were born to single mothers – like so these are things that are very very prevalent in today's times and I wanted to surround those situations and those issues with a strong female friendship the strong support systems et cetera et cetera to show that although there might be negatives there's also positives as well so mm-hmm. that that's why that's why I went into those topics and there's many more that could have been brought up but those were just some of the ones that were that were brought up in those books so this is a sequel of books yeah, so it's three. There's three that's oh, out now. Right, it's a series. Yeah. So three are out now. Yeah. And then I have um, one more coming next month, which is the prequel to the series. Got it. When did you start writing this series? So this series, um, the first book was actually. So another, like, weird, funny story and another, um, I guess, demonstration that I'd be slow. Um, So last year, (laughs) (laughs) last year, and I I don't think I'm going to stop being slow. But anyway, last year, like, for, I'm telling you, like, several months, I had this scene that just swirled in my mind over and over and over again for, like, months, like, legit months. And I was just sitting there, like, you know, thinking about the scene, like, every day for months. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should write that down. (laughs) So. So then I wrote the scene down, and then, like, it just simply never stopped. And then four days later, I had the book, the first book in the series. And then the second book came shortly after that. And then I just wrote the third book uh, this year. So it's crazy. And then the prequel is coming, and then I might have some other ones in the works, too, with this series. So it's crazy. When you sit down to begin writing a story, do you already know how it's going to end? Sometimes, like, sometimes I'll know, like, sometimes I'll, the only thing I'll know is the ending. <laughs> and I'll be trying to, like, work my way there from the beginning, like, try to figure out a beginning because I know the ending. And then sometimes I don't know the ending. I don't know exactly where it's going. I just have, like, the beginning of the story. Like, for instance, the first book in the series, I didn't have the ending. I just had that first scene. And then once that first scene, you know, came forward, then the whole book just came out. I guess it had been marinating long enough. 
<laughs> so <laughs> so it just it just came out after that because it, it literally like the same scene over and over again for months. And then once I finally sat down, that's when it all came out. So, but that was that was actually a cool experience. How do you stay disciplined and not get distracted? Um, well, for me, it's like I I know like like it's something like when it comes to discipline, I know like a lot of different authors have different strategies. Like some will actually commit to writing like a certain number of words per day or like a certain number of chapters or whatever, or they'll give themselves right. like, a deadline. Okay, by the end of the month, I'm gonna have this book done or whatever. Like for me, right. I I do have deadlines when it comes to like the pre-order books, and I try to like just make sure I commit to getting it done before then. But usually, I just write when it comes to me. Like like sometimes I'll just be sitting there, I'll have a dream or something like that. And then it'll come to me and I'll like make a voice note if I'm driving or like if I'm actually able to sit down, I'll write something out or type something out really quick. So I I think it's just pushing yourself to do it when you get the inspiration. I think that's how I really discipline myself. And not like letting it linger, not like except that first scene, like not letting it linger for too long, (laughs) especially not several months. Now you said sometimes you know the end before you know anything else, and that's that's me right now. Like I know I know the end. I know how everything is going to turn out in this first uh, book because, you know, it's 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 my life. You know, so I know how everything is going to end. But do you use an outline at all to help you write? Sometimes I do. Like so, so it it really like so some books I'll have I've done it like all of the above pretty much. So some books I had no outline and I just wrote the whole book. Some books I've had a detailed outline and followed it, and then some I started off just freestyle and then developed an outline in the middle. So I've literally done all of the above. I think it just depends how the story comes to you. What's one thing um, in your writing that you've done that you thought that you would have never done before? Um, Well, actually, right now I'm working on – a book like this random book that just came out of nowhere i'm working on this random book and it's a new series i mean not a new series but a new genre it's a completely different genre well not completely different but it's a different genre from what i've written before and it's kind of like it started flowing in the beginning but then now it's kind of like am i even doing this right i don't know so i i think that that would be a representation of something that i never thought i would do before writing this specific genre that i'm writing in so but other than that, I usually just have the story and then just write it from there. So I'm going to open up the line right now to your caller. I mean, again, you don't have to say anything if you don't want to, if you just want to continue to listen. Um, but I do want to acknowledge you on the line. Who's this? All right, they don't want to say nothing. It's all good. Sit back and continue to listen. Uh, thank you for being on the line with us uh, this evening. Don't let this be the last time that I see this number pop up on my screen. Um, spoken word and rap. How did that begin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also been doing that since forever. Um, so I've, I, I think it started with the poetry whatever then after I went into poetry I've been doing poetry since I was like a young kid or whatever 
I started rapping when I was like 13. And the and the reason why I started rapping, which was interesting, was because like when I when I was a teenager or whatever, there wasn't really that many, you know, prevalent female rappers. So all the guys would say, you know, girls can't rap or whatever, girls can't rap. And I was like, let me tell you a little something, something. So I decided that I was going to start <laughs> rapping. And I, <laughs> since then, and there was a spoken word. I started that in college. So it kind of came in at different points in my life. We must be around the same age or something like that. <laughs> all, all the females that are out now, um, shout out, shout out to them. Um, in the hip hop and the rap, uh, the neo soul um, communities, uh, just just doing it big and being major influences on uh, the independent community. So shout out to you, uh, you all. I right. say. Um, how would you describe your delivery and content of your spoken word pieces? Well, right now, all I do is um, Christian rap and Christian spoken word. So I'll do, like, I told you, like, God had transformed my life or whatever. And since then, like, all I've been doing is, like, different testimonies of different things that he's done in my life. And it's, like, it's a spoken word, but it's kind of in a rap sort of form, so to speak. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. Um, If there's someone that's listening right now and they say, um, I like to, you know, dabble and dabble with music, um, but I love spoken word. Is there a book, a magazine, a Pinterest article um, that you could recommend to this individual to kind of just give them a little push into the right direction? As far as like, not really a tutorial, but like something that would, help them to develop is that what you're saying yes um there probably are some out there (laughs) but i don't i'm not aware of them but there there probably are some out there somewhere but i wouldn't be able to direct someone immediately i could probably do some research but i wouldn't have any um any offhand all right well you did mention spoken word beginning when you were in in college um, so a lot of youth today are looking to spoken word as a creative outlet. Why do you think this is so? Mm-hmm. I think because it allows you to express different things that are like, because a lot of people, they go through so many different things. Like, for instance, how you were talking about earlier with, like, mental illness and stuff like that, a lot of people, more people than we think, suffer from different mental illnesses, and a lot of people suffer from more than one mental illness. And on top of mental illnesses, there's also, you know, environmental situations that people that people deal with in their lives. And I feel like smoking, yeah. spoken word is something that helps you to let those things out pretty much. Whether you just want to do something silly or whether you want to get serious, spoken word is a creative outlet that allows you to do both. If you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Indie Fire with Nakia and my special guest this evening, author, spoken word artist, and professor, Tanisha Stewart. Hey, now, what's good? It's your girl, Jana Blackwell, C-Town Records, Mistress of Soul, and you're on the air with the hottest independent station, Indie Fire, with your host, Nakia, giving you that heat right here on the station, bringing you all of the hottest hip-hop hits, Indie Fire.
recently, have you done any live performances? Um, not, I don't think I've done any this year. I definitely did some last year, but not this year. Are there any artists, um, performing artists, um, musical artists that influence your style of writing? I wouldn't necessarily say influence. I would just say that I there's a lot of different artists that I've enjoyed like throughout my life, but I I wouldn't say they necessarily influenced, which they probably did, but I just didn't see it as an influence. I wanna I wanna back up again, um, so that you can officially talk about uh the series. I, I need to mm-hmm. start reading the series. Um, but just if you could just give a brief synopsis of the books that have already been published in the series, mm-hmm. how they tie together. Yes. yes, absolutely. So the series is about a group of three friends. Um, their main, their names are Gina, Keisha, and Melanie. Um, they're all community college students, um, starting from the first book, and they are going through various issues in their lives. So the, each book centers around each girl. So each girl has her own story, pretty much. So the first book is Gina's book, and her book is called For My Good, My Baby Daddy Ain't-ish. And she's a single mother. She's dealing with a baby daddy that that uh, doesn't quite want to be a resource in her life or in her son's life, pretty much. Um, his goal seems to be to deter her at any by any means necessary, and her goal is to survive by any means necessary. So she's going through a whole bunch of different stuff. New guy pops in the mix. She wonders whether she should trust him, and then the rest of the story flows from there. Um, the second book is Keisha, so she's the other best friend, and she has suffered from domestic violence in the past or whatever, and then she overcame that. She now is engaged, but then, you know, it comes to a screeching halt because her fiancé cheated on her. So now she's dealing with that, grappling with the effects of being cheated on, when you thought it was going to work out, you so-called did everything right this time, and then, boom, here you go again with another trial. So she's trying to, like, suffer through that as well as dealing with unresolved issues in her past. And then the third book is um, Torn Between the Two. So Keisha's book is called I Waited, He Cheated. The third book is called uh, Torn Between the Two, and that's Melanie, the last of the three girls. And her story is um, centers around her cheating. <laughs> so she's the one who's cheating this time around. And um, she's already married, but she's cheating with her baby father. <laughs> so, so she's trying to deal with how to um, how to confront the situation now that it's already the deed has already been done, pretty much. So, trying to figure out how to navigate is he going to leave me? And then she's dealing with a bunch of um, issues with her parents and other issues as well. So it's it's like um, a bunch of different stuff that each character is going through, and they all kind of stick together, and we get to see their friendship grow through it all as well. And do you use um, any of your, I guess, the the aspects maybe of, of psychology to help them deal with their issues? Um, do you use, um, take it from a Christian standpoint um, and help them get through their issues? How How do you help them resolve their issues by the end of each book? Well, all of the above, really. So they obviously it's a well the genre is contemporary slash Christian, so it's a cross genre book. Um, so there is Christian, there's the Christian side of it, and then there's also the 
you know, because some of them deal with, like, you know, mental health issues and stuff. So there's the mental health side, and then there's, you know, support side, and then there's other resources that they get into as well. So it's it's basically taking it from all sides. Okay. All right. I, I saw someone, I, and I can't remember what they said, but it was funny to me. Like, you could tell that they weren't someone who was really familiar with the three main characters. Um, I do not remember what was said, but they were like, who is Melanie? What are you talking about? What happened to Melanie? <laughs> what did Melanie do? Right. Wait, right. if, you know, if you follow, and, and this is funny. This is funny. When people do not follow a post, you can get a lot of answers right. from just uh, reading is very fundamental. So you can get a lot of answers so that you don't you yourself aren't sitting out there looking stupid because I was just like, I, I don't remember what you said, but she was just like, who is Melanie? What happened to her? Um, where is she at now? And I'm thinking, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, when you write, and I ask this question to all of the, the female authors, um, how difficult is it to, for you to write from a male perspective? For me, it's not really difficult. It's not difficult because I I have like a billion brothers. So, like, I've grown up with around all of my most of my best friends were guys growing up, and I also have a bunch of brothers. So, like, I I have a lot of experience with how men talk, how men think, Um, and I've always been an observant person too. So, like, I've always been the person who kind of like you know sits back and just watches and listens to what people are doing and what they're saying and what their motivations are. And there are differences between men and women. So I can see why a lot of female authors might feel like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. But right. I think I think a lot of, for me, the reason why it was easy was because of that. I've always been observant, have a lot of male influences in my life, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not necessarily hard for me. Yeah, that That's a good, um, a good response. So I, I grew up with all male friends. Uh, very few female friends, and even to this day, um, but I'm an only child, but I, I did speak with one author who, you know, she said she has to go out and, like, interview um, men just to be able to speak from their perspective, and I thought that was a bit much, I mean, cause, you know, but that, that's me, I'm, like, I'm around men the majority of the time, and like you said, you have a multitude of brothers and, you know, your male friends as well, so it would be easier um, for you, just curious, you know, how that works for you. What is the last thing that you learned? You mean as far as um, as far as writing goes? Just in general, what is the last thing that you learned? Um. Well, now I can't get writing out of my mind, so <laughs> I'll just say the last thing that I learned um, as far as writing, which is kind of interesting, is that. Um, Authors don't necessarily, because, like, we feel like a lot of times we feel all this pressure to be, like, you know, perfect, and we feel this pressure, oh, am I showing and not telling? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times um, what I've found or what I've learned recently is that there's a difference in the way a reader will approach a story and the way that an author or, like, an editor or somebody like like that will approach a story. So authors and editors are looking at a, a different set of things than a reader will. So, and the readers are not necessarily as, you know, hyper-focused on some of the things that authors are. So I feel like authors can take, like, 
a, not a step back, but they can kind of lay back a little bit with their writing and just let the story flow instead of worrying about making sure this is perfect, making sure that is perfect, blah, blah, blah. As long as your story is well told, um, you'll be fine pretty much. So that's one thing that I learned. Right. So excluding the fact that you are a teacher, a professor, um, mm-hmm. what was the last thing that you taught someone? Last thing that I, so I actually had a full conversation with somebody. Um, what was it? I think it was within the last week, definitely within the last week. I had like a, it was like an all day affair pretty much <laughs> where I was talking back and forth with someone about the ins and outs of writing. Cause I do like coaching for authors. Um, so okay. they weren't necessarily somebody I was coaching, but the, that side came out of me pretty much where they were asking like a lot of different questions about like the industry, like about writing, about timelines, et cetera, et cetera. And I like, we had like a full day. I've never met this person before ever, but like we had like a full day affair, like just talking about different things within the writing world. And and that was the last person I would say I taught. All right. Now combining uh, what you've learned and what you've taught recently, how do you feel that you're making a difference in the world? I would say I'm I'm making a difference by being authentic and being genuine and and having integrity. Uh-huh. So that's and those are those are not to say that I'm the only person who does those things. Clearly, no. But I would just say that those are some of the things that that I hold dear and some of the things that stand out for me and some of the things that stood out for me and people that helped me in the past. So I try to pass those same things on to anybody else that I help. You can find out more about Tanisha Stewart on her website, um, for your brand, how can you make it better? For my brand, um, well, right now I'm focusing more on learning different marketing skills and also getting more into, like, graphic design type stuff. And I feel like those things will help really propel my brand even more and um, help me to get more exposure in different arenas. Is there now we started out talking about um your success, and I know that you said it took some time um and then finally a light bulb clicked, and you decided that what your career was going to be um, Is there anything that you failed at um Career-wise, I would say no, because, like, my goal was to, was to teach, and I started teaching, like, the day after I graduated, and then with writing, like, once the, once the six years was over, <laughs> I finally got the first book out, and then I've been <laughs> able to write ever since. So, <laughs> after that six-year process, <laughs> that came true. So, um, and that's actually my slogan, dreams do come true. So it's kind of interesting. So I had the dream of being a teacher, and, and here I am, and I had the dream of being an author. Here I am. So I'm writing and teaching. So and now, I'm, now I'm trying to help other people achieve their goal as well. So Awesome. You, you mentioned um, the word integrity um, and the word mm-hmm. unique. 
what about mm-hmm. your unique story um, has helped you become successful and not see yourself as a failure? Um, cause I think because I've always like I've always been the kind of person who tries to keep things as real as possible. So I don't try to put on like even in the classroom, like you know how you'll have like professors or whatever who they'll kind of put themselves on a pedestal, so to speak, and then like the classroom is like their underlings. But I've never been that kind of person. I've always been like, you know, these are human beings just like me. We breathe the same air, et cetera, et cetera. So I always try to walk in humility as much as possible because we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to Mm. do things that, that don't necessarily come out the way that we envision. But when you walk in humility and you walk in integrity, you won't have to worry about a lot of those things coming back to bite you. It will, it will usually be people trying to help you because you helped them and because you saw them yeah. as a human being rather than something else. So I, I would say that those are things that have probably helped me to stand out. You know how you talk to somebody and you um, hang on to every single word that they're saying because it resonates in your spirit? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at right now. So I, if I sound like I'm a little confused or dazed, that's that's where I am right now. Like this is one of those interviews where the show needed to be longer. You know, I needed the two hour show because I got a, twenty more questions that I want to ask. Unfortunately, we are at that time of uh, the evening where the show must end. So I'm gonna go ahead and open Aww. up the floor now to you. You can get all of your contact information out so that anyone who's interested in um, working with you. Um, getting assistance from you, um, advice from you, um, whatever the need may be. The floor is now open to you to be able to get all of your contact information out. For those who are listening live now and those who may come back and listen to numerous playback shows, the floor is now yours. Okay, okay. So I actually wrote it down this time because last time I did one of these interviews, I didn't remember none of my name. So I wrote them down. Um, my website, <laughs> you already said before. <laughs> is uh, TanishaStewartAuthor.com, and my name is spelled T-A-N-I-S-H-A, and Stewart is S-T-E-W-A-R-T, as in Tom, because people spell it different ways. But anyway, TanishaStewartAuthor.com. Also, if I have, a, I have a Facebook page that is for professional purposes. It's Tanisha Stewart, comma, author. Um, on Instagram, it's Tanisha Stewart, underscore, author. On Twitter, it's T Stewart, underscore, author. And if you ever want to contact me via email, it's TanishaStewart.author at gmail.com. But all of that is on my website. So if you forgot anything, everything I just said, just go to TanishaStewartAuthor.com. Um, along with being an author, um, all my books are on Amazon. They're on Kindle Unlimited. They're available in print and ebook formats. Um, along with being an author, I also do author coaching. I do proofreading, editing, ghostwriting, formatting. Um, I do a bunch of different services. If you want to know more about those, you can also email or inbox or DM me as well. So, Shoo, I'm glad she wrote it down because I wouldn't have remembered any of that. Mm-mm. Make right. Sure that you right. Make sure that you call They asked me, I was like, Make sure that you're following the show on all social media platforms at IndieFire. That's E-N-D-I-E-F-I-Y-A. Make sure you're following me, The Girl in Motion, on all social media platforms. That's G-R-L-N-M-O-T-I-O-N. We are still looking 
for that intro song. Um, so if you're interested, I got the track. I just need your lyrics. All right? Drops as well. You can email us at info at IndieFireRadio.com. Tuesday night, uh, the 20, yeah, next Tuesday, whatever that is, uh, we'll have uh, published author and novelist F.L. Beatty back on the show. We had him earlier this year, but he has some new stuff that he wants to talk about. And so he's coming back on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On next Thursday, we have uh, a hip-hop artist. The name kind of escapes me. Um, but, again, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you cannot make them all, don't miss them all. We close out July with um, author Chanel. We're having a title release party. I'm super excited. Um, the book is finished. Uh, and it, I believe it was last week it was finished. And now everybody's just anxiously waiting on the title, which will be released here on the hmm, the 30th, the 30th of July. All right? So, again, if you cannot make them all, don't miss them all. Uh, July will close out our month of 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In August, we will begin shows at 6.30. So I guess have a little bit more time to, to talk and, you know, chop it up with me. As usual, I want to leave you with a quote. Words make you think. Music makes you feel. A song makes you feel the thoughts. That's E.Y. Harburg. Until 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on next Tuesday, have a good night.